This episode of Weed and Grub is brought to you by The Freeze Pipe. Hey, Mike, do you remember uh, those ads for um, Keystone Light Beer with bitter beer face where someone would take a slug of beer and then he'd be like, oh, no, it's so bitter. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) more like bitter smoke face. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when you take like a really harsh rip off your bong. Oh, it's the worst. So ditch that burning throat and those sore lungs with a freeze pipe. That's right. Freezable pipes and bongs that feature different glycerin chambers to cool smoke by hundreds of degrees. It's no gimmick. There's a reason this American company has been around seven years with thousands of pipes sold. These pieces really do work. Visit thefreezepipe.com to check out their full array of pipes, bongs, dab rigs, and more. Use code GRUB for 20% off your next order only at thefreezepipe.com. That's GRUB, G-R-U-B, for 20% off your next order. <laughs> You're spelling GRUB like there would be an alternate way to spell GRUB. What if someone was like G-H-R- <laughs> umlaut over the u <laughs> oh yeah i can see that grub <laughs> use code grub for 20 percent off your next order at thefreezepipe.com check them out hello and welcome to weed and grub Ready? I'm ready. <laughs> you look like a good hang. Like Thanks, you know man. how to hang out, yo. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you put sunglasses on anyone, including a corpse, and they look like a good time. What? Do you, no. Isn't that how they get away with it? In, oh, um, and Weekend of Birdies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're just like, he's just. Uh, that guy's just cool. He's just cool and chill, man. <laughs> yeah, that's he's not dead. <laughs> if, yeah. If ever I had to like, one, now that things are open back up, if I ever have to help my friend out of a bar, yeah. as long as I have rescue gla- sunglasses in my pocket absolutely to walk out and put them over my arm good yeah. to go smooth sailing do you remember this feels a bit full circle because i remember when we started this podcast way back when we were talking about how you wanted to go to your own funeral mm-hmm. and you were like at my, you're like i want to be at my funeral like dressed and seated in in, in the audience in i the think audience that'd be so with funny like sunglasses on <laughs> yeah and like, like you're listening to everyone uh, eulogize you. Totally. Closed yeah. casket or urn, whatever yep. it is. Yep. Maybe just a big picture of me and you. I don't know. Something. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Me, because I'm dead. And we then... died together. <laughs> <laughs> a picture of both of us at your funeral. Except I'm still alive. <laughs> How awkward. I just think it'd be so funny. You're like, if... she doesn't exist without me. If I'm dead, she is too. <laughs> Some like fucking weird Shakespearean shit right there. Okay, yeah, sorry is. to interrupt. Go on. Oh no, it's just rehashing one of my favorite bits of all time. Just like seat me in the audience of my funeral early, uh-huh. wearing some shades, and then not say anything and let everyone sit around me. Uh-huh. I just think that'd be so. Funny. <laughs> and then at some point, someone realizes that you're there. Yeah. And well, because when everybody goes and pays respects, or right. when everybody leaves and realizes there's still one person there sitting. That's when somebody will come over and like put their hand on me and be like, uh, sir, and sir. And then you just fall over. <laughs> <laughs> it's morbid, but it's fun. It's, mo- it's morbid is fun a lot of the time for me. Yeah. You know, morbid is great. You look so cool, Mary Jane. I feel like I should take my sunglasses off because you can't see my, these virtual sunglasses are fucking with my jam. Really? Let me see there. That's better. Oh, it would have been funny if you instead you added like a clown nose or a very large hat. Oh, wait, let's try this here. I got some, uh, what does this look like? There we go. Oh, no, I'm a bear. 
<laughs> Fun with Zoom filters, folks. <laughs> Got to keep it fresh. Week 5,000 of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic lockdown and... Uh, we're having fun with Zoom filters today. <laughs> <laughs> what up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? I'm having a good time. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. This is a podcast about comedy. Cannabis. Culture. Cooking. Calling shit out. And Zoom filters. Yeah. yeah. And corpses. And having a great time, no matter Thank what's going you. on. That's a better thing to Just say. figuring out a way to make it all good, even when it's not good, because it's going to be okay. It is going to be okay. Yeah. I'm so excited to hang out again. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I heard uh, on the radio, the, the radio, because I listen to NPR when I go for my walks in the mornings, <laughs> my daily constitutional. I, I don't have know my why duffel I'm using bag. that voice, but it is. I listen to Up First on NPR to find out what's going on in the world. And I did hear that I, I believe it, they said a quarter of the American um, adult population has been vaccinated, meaning that... Um, or maybe even half. I don't even know. I can't remember what the statistic was. But it was like a... a Can we a call nice, it a third? It was... What? Can we just call it a third? Could, yes, let's call it a third here on Weed and Grub. That's the, a nice number where we just take a bunch of factors and put them in a hopper and pick one out. And we don't know if it's true, but we're going to say it anyway. One third of the American population has been vaccinated. And um, what's nice about that is that it means that the rollout is working. And also that hopefully it will continue to work. And it means that, you know, like going maskless outside is getting to be more of an option. Um, like the CDC is issuing new guidelines that are like, you know, if you definitely if you've been vaccinated and you're outside, you don't need to, you know, necessarily wear a mask, which is cool because I'm excited to like have a picnic with you. Uh, masks off roast chicken in my face. Yeah, agreed. Although it would be nice if we transitioned from masks into wearing Zoom filters in real life. Like if I went to a picnic with you and yeah. you came wearing cute little bear ears and a plastic bear nose around your head for the picnic, oh, nice. I would be <laughs> so full of joy. So full of joy. I would 100%. I feel like there are going to be so many creative ways to like express yourself coming out of this wild period where people have had a lot of time to clean out their closets and like maybe build bear zoom costumes that'll be real life filters for your face yo i'm already getting dms about halloween and yeah. that is a very exciting dm to get that's fun you that's know? exciting yeah yeah so i'm all about it oh speaking of you called me something that hit so close to home mm -hmm. that it didn't even hurt. It was just wildly appropriate and spot on. Okay. You called me the mullet of hanging out. No, I called you the king of the mullet hang. The but king of the mullet hang. Don't get it twisted, Mike. You're the king, like, much like the king of queens, you are the king of the mullet hang. Uh-huh. Okay, sorry to interrupt, but I did need to say that I did call you the king of that. Yes. And which... the mullet hang is... Please. No, you nail me twice, baby. No, I, I, you're, you're trying to say it and I'm just trying to get in on it. I just panic about hanging. Yeah. So you need, like, it's, it's a party in the back, but up front, there's got to be some business to conduct to ease you into the situation. Yes. Right? Exactly. Yeah. You need something to like, to, you need to accomplish something before we just kick it. Yes. What, are, why are we hanging out? What are we going to talk about? Mm -hmm. Is there a business avenue within that? Can we do some tax paper preparation before we cook dinner together? Exactly. My favorite thing to do is bring over a W-2. Yep. Maybe we both do it together. And then we hop in the kitchen and make a Casio Pepe. Yeah. Maybe fill out the this warranty for this um, new TV that I have. And then... 
check in with AT&T to see if there's a better um, deal that I can get with my provider. And then we can watch uh, Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> I am the king of the bullet. <laughs> I just panic that if we don't have business to talk about right. or anything, then what are we going to talk about? And then if we sit there in silence, what a nightmare to have occur. Not and- true. Not true. We do great in silence. But I do know that you like to get, like, if you get, and I appreciate this about you, because if you get one thing done every time we see each other, you're just checking them off the list while also being a good friend and general all-around person and partner in the world. Like, it's 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 very admirable, but there are some days where I'm like, yo, can't you just let your hair all flow free in the wind? And- mullet in the front and mullet in the back? Yeah, I know you're like Michael Bolton you know with the with the the look but just be that be his free-flowing jazz soul and don't be his like entrepreneurial music businessman side i'm more like kenny g whiz can we just relax for a second oh (laughs) how about that i did i really truly for anyone who's listening must say that i did appreciate it when you came over the other day and i was in the middle of stripping my bed and changing my sheets and you were like can i help and you helped me put fresh sheets on my bed in the most wonderful way uh, that was just so deeply appreciated, and thank you. And for anyone who's listening, change your sheets today. Do yourself a favor. Yeah. It feels real good. First time this year, let's do it. No! <laughs> I change my sheets all the time. I love changing my sheets. I love a fresh bed. I love sliding into a fresh bed when I'm, like, clean from a shower and then just eating, like... I mean, right now, listen, I've just discovered Ben & Jerry's um, Topped. You like it? You like Topped? I like getting Topped. I do. It's a new sensation in my mouth. <laughs> It's a little dangerous because I looked at the calorie count and it's much, much higher on that um, particular pint of ice cream than it would be on, say, a, a pint of half-baked. And I am eating more ice cream right now because I am taking edibles to get to sleep and I eat the edible and that shit kicks in. And then I'm like, well, I have to have ice cream before I go to sleep. But of course. I must. Yeah. Well, like um, one of the side effects that needs to be put on cannabis packaging is make sure you have Ben & Jerry's topped in your fridge, <laughs> freezer. Sure make sure or you know just something to satisfy that munchie it might not be the best but there is something very satisfying about taking an edible feeling it hit having some ice cream brushing your teeth drinking some water doing the mouthwash rinse and then getting in bed and just feeling like you've completed some sort of self-care bedtime ritual that it it's not sustainable and it can't be long term but right now in this funny little transitional period of my life this is what is getting me through and that topped yo is dominating me it's it is topped it is ben and jerry's topped with basically magic shell i think it's got to be terrible for you i'm sure there's palm oil in there and then these like little i don't even know like like, little reese's or malt balls or some kind of candy yeah some kind of like chocolatey malty deliciousness and there's just like swirls and clusters and i don't know it's so fucking good that's the triumvirate of ben and jerry's Yes. It, it is a it is a creamy smooth ice yep. cream. Creamy dream. Cream dream. It is a swirl and a drizz. Yep. And it is some kind of like cluster fuck. Yep. And that is like the key components of any good Ben and Jerry's pint. It is a creamy, dreamy, cluster fucky swirl and drizz. <laughs> Hire us to write your coffee. Yeah, we, Hire us. We got it. <laughs> I it's so fucking good. And I did try uh the other night to go plant based. I was like, man, I'm just get some oatly and that'll be really healthy for me it'll be better for my whole body and i just ate it i totally ate it and i thought about ben and jerry's the whole time it was like trying to you know break up with the dude who's bad for you and go out with that person who might be a better choice for you and that whole time maybe you're just thinking about the person who was bad for you yep is oatly is oatly i can't imagine the texture of oatly is going to live up to the ben and jerry's cream 
It was. I'm sure there is oat milk ice cream out there, or oat milk, um, you know, frozen dessert or whatever it's called. That yeah. is absolutely fucking delicious because I've had so many plant based frozen treats that are just as good as ice cream. Truly, truly, this one wasn't it. I see. Yeah, it was okay. honestly. I see. Uh, I see. <laughs> it was honestly the sweetener that didn't. I, I'm not sure if they were using sugar. It tasted a little artificial, so I would have to. Look at the ingredients, maybe. I, I agree with that. <laughs> the Ben and Jerry's ingredients, you look at them and it's just like, yo, don't worry about it. We got you. Yo, this cow came over and she was like, it's all good. She just squirted in here and then we put some chocolate in there. And a then little we bit of sugar, mm-hmm. A little magic and bliss and we sent it on your way, on its way. And the Oatly is, we tapped into a tree. Or it's no. Like some, it's like some guy from the, the whole Oatly ad campaign is that CEO in a field. Have you seen that whole thing? No. I love when a CEO, CEO puts themselves at the center of their company it's like a, that, like a, Dave from Wendy's. Or, yeah. yeah he's love the original it. CEO and he's in a field and it was like a famously terrible ad campaign because everyone was like, who is this guy yelling in a field about oats? <laughs> it's, you know, it's not great. I love oat milk. I use it every day in my coffee. I've replaced my um, cream or milk situation with oat milk. I'm big fan i just ben jerry's is my nighttime snack though it's beautiful snack it's not a snack it's an indulgence but it it tastes great i love the size of ben and jerry's because it is (laughs) enough that i will almost polish it off yeah and not feel bad about it because i didn't but i needed it to be i need it to be an over i need to be overstuffed right you know well i did do the thing the other night where i had had i took five milligram edible and i ate uh, a serving in a bowl, like served myself into a bowl. I didn't take the pint with the spoon to bed. I actually like made myself a bowl. Good for you. Thank you. And I took it to bed and then I ate another five milligram edible and then I just got up and got the pint. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I was like, what a fucking self-defeating situation. I should have eaten 10 milligrams at the outset, given myself a better serving of ice cream all around instead of this like back and forth, <laughs> two-step shuffle back to the fridge. And then Bobo, who's a cream boy, mm-hmm. the cat was like driven absolutely insane by the whole situation. It was, sure. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, ice cream question for you. Yes. Favorite part of the pint, the oh. outer rim as it melts, the top when you open. Did the... you just hear me talk about topped? <laughs> right. Right. Outside of topped. Okay. Um, in just a clean pint of B and J. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> a virgin pint of B and J. You just said B and J and I'm just, you know. I'm thinking about oral fixations right now. Sure. Yes. It's horny times. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep, the, yep. The outer edge as it melts, when you open the pint for the first time and it has the the top that is kind of ruffled and um, eager for your mouth okay. or the bottom where all of the goodness sat and you find those extra fudge ribbons and you can really scrape the bottom sides and clean it out so that it's uh, so it's empty. What's your favorite part of the pint? Um, my favorite part, uh, so I always love to serve myself into a bowl. I actually prefer not to eat it out of the pint because um, it just makes me feel better to like put it into a bowl. And, like, Self-control. Yeah. Yeah, you know? I understand So that. I love when I put it into a bowl, which means it kind of reverses. So that top part ends up on the bottom. Mm. And then that bottom part that's kind of melty ends up on Wait, the top. Wait, are you putting the whole pint? Are you just turning no, it around no, so it I'm slides scooping. into a bowl? I'm scooping. I'm doing a scoop. But I do let it sit out on the counter to soften up properly. And then when I scoop this, you know, like it all sort of integrates perfectly. And then my perfect bite is always the last bite. That like one that's like a little melty and goopy and gooey. And then maybe like... 
you know, run your finger around the edge of the bowl to make sure you got everything. Yes. How about you? That's so sexy. Mm-hmm. Damn. I can like see like running your finger around the, the, the bottom of the bowl. Sometimes it's my finger. Sometimes it's my tongue. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> sometimes it's Bobo's tongue on one side and my tongue on the other. <laughs> we meet in the middle. It's like a lady in the tramp, except gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a woman and her cat. <laughs> Alone watching Law Archie's, and Order. Archie's our audience. We're watching Law and Order. Bobo's on one side of the bowl. I'm on the other side. Archie's at the foot of the bed wondering what the fuck is happening. Mariska's on TV. Everything's right with the world. Oh, that's so nice. That's beautiful. I think that's very relatable. And I'm slightly jealous of it because it sounds like you have it all in that moment. Yeah, me meeting tongues with Bobo in the middle. Mm -hmm. Definitely have it all. (laughs) It's a sign of prosperity and wellness. (laughs) That's when you touch tongues with your cat (laughs) who just cleaned his asshole. Right. Gross. Oh man. Um, yeah. Top record, and bottom. I don't actually touch tongues with him because, yeah, I just would never. Yeah, I feel that. That's a crazy tongue. Have it you is seen a crazy those tongue. Those things are like backwards combs. It's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I like. A, I'm. I'm on a TikTok microscopic tip right now, Ooh. and I'm really enjoying it. So I've seen like cat tongues and leaves up close. Um, I'm. I've. I found a new TikTok rabbit hole to go down, and I'm having a great time with it. Microscop talk. Yes. Neat. Yes. TikTok is the place for all of the knowledge nowadays. You were the one who said, I wish the Oscars were just a bunch of TikToks. It would, uh, yeah, it would have been so cool if the Oscars had been handed over to a bunch of these crazy inventive and cool young artists who are coming up and doing it fast. (laughs) Like, let's get this done. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't uh, really watch the Oscars. I did tune in long enough to kind of see you in there, Mm -hmm. smashed into that broadcast. How did that feel? Really fucking cool, Mary Jane. Your commercial ran during the Oscars, Mike. Yeah, that's all, that's pretty rad. Yeah. It's cool because top to bottom, it makes me uncomfortable to talk about on here because I don't want to mix my career with this pod. Like uh, That feels weird. But I will, I will say that like because of how hard that crew worked, because of David, the director, because of True, Danny, Megan, because of how hard everyone worked and the fact that Subway was so happy with that work that they put the money in to make it an Oscar commercial. Run it during the Oscars. That that part feels really fucking cool. It's a fucking cool commercial for anyone who hasn't seen it. It's Megan Rapino basically like correcting everyone around her to be like, don't eat that shit, eat Subway, and then kicking soccer balls to like make you choose better. Yeah, exactly. There's some really cool stories from that day, but I'll tell you them off pod because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to share stories out of pocket, but I'll tell okay. them to you off pod. Well, it's a great commercial, and you're very funny in it, and you look great, and I think it's so cool that you were in a commercial during the Oscars with Megan Rapino. I don't know. That's like Super Bowl shit. Thank you. Ah, I feel cool. weird. Can we get to the news? Uh, yes. Like, yes. Let's, let's get to the news. <laughs> See, the this news. is my mullet hang. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, like let's have some fun, but also, Mary Jane, can well, we please focus? We got to do some business. Let's get to the Grublet Gazette. Brought to you by OCB. An incredible rolling paper. The Grublet Gazette is presented by OCB Rolling Papers, the largest rolling paper brand in the world, crafted naturally since 1918. OCB offers a full line of papers made with sustainable fibers, no GMOs, and no chlorine. All OCB materials are sustainably farmed for within a 500-kilometer radius of their facility in France, which is powered by 100% green energy. OCB introduced the world to the first natural rolling paper crafted with pure organic hemp grown in Champagne, France. Just as Mother Nature intended, trust your premium legal leaf to the finest natural and sustainably crafted rolling papers in the world. I just had excellent champagne for my birthday, and I enjoyed it out of a beautiful uh, glass drinking vessel, and I would say I would never again 
foot my good champagne in a solo cup. So don't put your premium legal leaf in anything other than an OCB rolling paper. Enjoy your entire smoking experience with OCB premium hemp papers. Visit OCBUSA.com and follow OCB on Instagram at OCB underscore USA. Shout out to their cones. Shout out to their rolling papers. Shout out to their cool hats. OCB rocking with them. They're the greatest. And if you like Weed and Grub, please support the folks that support us and check out OCB. They're awesome and they make cool stuff. What's our news this week, Mary our Jane? Our news. Oh my goodness. Our news this week. Uh, well, our fantastic guest this week, Montel Williams, lives in Florida and we are bringing you a story from Florida, which is reported by Slate.com, which is that the Florida Supreme Court won't let voters legalize recreational marijuana. So basically, the Florida Supreme Court has taken it on themselves to throw out an initiative that would have allowed uh, Floridians to vote on legalizing recreational cannabis for adults. Uh, they just took it away? Yeah. So this How was can you even reported uh, on April 22nd. This story from Slate says, On Thursday, the Florida Supreme Court concluded that the state's voters could not be trusted with a ballot initiative that would legalize recreational marijuana for adults. And by a 5-2 vote, the court tossed out the initiative, des- denying Florida residents the opportunity to vote on it. Wow, you hypocritical fuckfaces. Isn't that you can, fucking wild? Like the idea of, I can't trust the citizens to make their own best choices for their own best interests. Well, so we will just say, no, you're not allowed to make a choice. Right. It's not in the best interests of the uh, deep coffers and deep pocketed politicians and big business who obviously are uh, have a hand in what the Florida Supreme Court says. So this also reports that the campaign to liberalize Florida's marijuana laws has long pitted, like people have fought against state laws for and state officials for a really long time. And for years, Republicans in Florida basically fought against expanding access for medical or recreational cannabis. But then in 2016, Floridians took the matter into their own hands and they legalized medical cannabis through a ballot initiative. And then the Republican governor at the time, abetted by Republican legislators, attempted to gut the law. And he was like, well, we're just going to limit qualifying conditions so very few people have access to it and we're going to ban smokable cannabis, smokable flour that was only concentrates that were available. What the fuck? And ultimately a court blocked that ban. And the legislature repealed it. But um, just now, yeah, so cannabis reform advocates have been now working because medical cannabis is in place. They've been working to get this ballot initiative to legalize recreational cannabis or adult use cannabis um, for everyone over the age of 21. And the initiative had raised $8.2 million and it had collected over half a million signatures uh, needed to get on the ballot, and its strong support was indicating a possibility that it would actually pass. It's kind of hard to deny all that money and all of those names. Yep, and uh, now the Supreme Court has ruled, and they just threw it out, and they were like, nope. And the way they did it is so fucking shady. So basically, they um, heard oral arguments about the case that was like challenging this being actually a ballot that would be... Um, uh, presented to voters. Sure. And so they heard oral arguments and then the Florida Supreme Court sat on the case for a year, which was like an unprecedented amount of time just to sit on something like this. And then on Thursday, in an unsigned opinion, a majority of the court held that the language was unlawfully, quote unquote, misleading, which kills the entire initiative. It took issue with a single word, the word permits, which um, we don't need to get into here, but basically they just like took issue with one word. They threw it out without giving the um, initiative time to reword it in any way. Right. They waited. They basically sat on it until it was too late for them to reword it. And then they were like, no, we're not going to hear it. And now you're 
fucking done. And then, the, and on top of that, they allowed those people to speak mm-hmm. and said, "We will give you this," but in the back of their heads, their whole time, they're just like tuned out, yep. probably not listening. And they and, heard and, all and they arguments, knew it. and then they sat on it for a year, and they waited to issue their decision until it was too late for the people who presented the arguments to do anything about it. Un. Believe, believable, so, but unbelievable. It's truly a case of like politics in the courts. Yes. And it's, it's really fucking not cool. Well said. <laughs> it's, it's really fucking not cool. No, but it's very, it's, it's, it's a, it's a serious issue. And I think that it's a big deal because people need like access yes. and relief. People yeah. need access. I mean, you know, we're talking to Montel Williams today. He was talking about how, you know, he uses cannabis as, and has for 20 years as a, a medicine. Yes. And he's a Florida resident. And so, you know, it's really fascinating to hear from him and about his story. Uh, you know, it's, there are so many people who legitimately have need for access to medical cannabis. And um, this is just, you know, another way of denying people who might not be able to qualify under the medical laws for cannabis, but still feel the need to like treat insomnia or anxiety or any of these conditions that might not qualify you under Florida law. You know, if you have adult, you can use cannabis. You can access it in that way, and they're basically making it impossible. So, uh, yeah, it's infuriating. Money and power, huh? Money and power, which is so ridiculous because if they legalized adult use cannabis and did it correctly, as we've seen time and time again, we've got now 17 states plus DC who have all seen the light, and the Pennsylvania governor is now tweeting. He's like, "I want to come to the party." Like everyone's trying to get in on it, and so Florida's just and make a bunch of money. So fucking behind, and it's so ridiculous, and they're so backwards. And you know, I hope that in you know the next eight months they look at virginia which just became the first southern state to legalize weed and they're like oh 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 we made a mistake let's get in on it word because we've got good friends in florida we've got lots of good friends in florida we absolutely do awesome listeners and we want everyone to be able to benefit from the plant yeah oh i don't want to take away from that news story and how angry i am right now okay however on this zoom recording of our video you still have on your bare nose and ears oh i'm sorry it is so fun to see you in the tall grass wearing a bear nose while talking about how we need to like get florida <laughs> on the right track i maybe should have taken off my bear nose filter in ears uh, i don't think when so. i got serious i would love if there would be no- more news channels who, yeah i think you would reach more people and more young people definitely if you were doing the news in an accessible entertaining way i would absolutely if you were a news anchor i would listen to you say anything if you kept changing up the face it's uh, honestly some of the biggest life lessons and morals and ethics were taught to me by sesame street mm-hmm. oh great point you know yes some of that like some of those songs about just you know being a good person or like cleaning up your room or being nice to your parents like all told to me through uh, puppetry and muppets and you know Oscars in trash cans and stuff, and I listened. So I love that. Yeah, listen to me with the bare face and the ears and the nose. <laughs> Legalize weed. <laughs> I mean, you've got a Reuben sandwich for your background. I know. <laughs> Nobody's taking anything we say seriously. <laughs> they should. Yeah, maybe. We know what we're talking about. We just like to have a good time while we do it. Yeah, we're anti-authority authorities. I would say. Well said, Mary Jane. I'm actually stealing it from someone who said it. No, you're not. I am. Well, we're using it. <laughs> <laughs> That's ours now. TM. Okay. TM. Yep. Yep. I wanted, we, oh my gosh, we are flying. Okay. We, uh, So much to say today. So much to say today. I feel today. like I haven't seen you in a while. True that. Isn't that weird? Uh, I'm, I, I genuinely miss kicking it with you. So yeah. yeah, it is weird. Yeah. I feel like we had such a rush up to 420 and then I just haven't seen you much since then. So 
True Good that. Good to see you, Mike. Great to see you, Mary Jane. Nice. Do you want to talk about some other topics that we had talked about, or do you want to get to Buds of the Week? All right, mullet king. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to Buds of the Week. Feelings make me uncomfortable. Business is execution. Yes. I'm a fun hang. You would be great behind a boardroom with a clown nose. A, board, <laughs> a big conference table in a boardroom with a clown nose. Be like, your comfort zone. You're You're here. Hand him a pizza slice and a gavel. He's good. I'm good. That is, that should be my Halloween costume. Yeah. A pizza slice and a gavel. Yeah. Fun judge. <laughs> <laughs> That's you to a T. You want to go first with your butt of the week or should I go? <laughs> well, you go. Oh, I just dropped my phone. Oh, you want shit. Me to go? Yeah. Yeah, please. Fine. Well, you're, what, what would my costume be? Um, uh, Ice cream bear. Ice cream bear? Mm-hmm. I think ice cream bear and fun judge would be like... Yeah, we could go to a party together. Totally. Cool. It's a, just an excuse to snack in public. Yeah. If I were ice cream bear, I would definitely keep... Oh, no, that would be kangaroo. I would, we I could, could even give you like a Winnie the Pooh size honey pot, but oh. fill it with Ben and Jerry's. I was just going to say, I need a cooler full of ice cream with a spoon. So if, yeah, I would go as Winnie the Pooh. That's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. You don't even have to wear pants. The Archie whole thing could works. be Piglet. Or no, he'd be Eeyore, I guess. Archie's super He's Eeyore. He's so Eeyore. What are we doing oh, here? God, can everybody lie down? I don't, I'm uncomfortable. What are you doing? Okay. Buds of the week. Buds of the week this I'm, week. I'm going first. Okay. My bud of the week this week. I feel like this is almost a loose moose, even though it's not a loose moose. We're just having a great time, which is very fun. My bud of the week this week is our dear friend and fabulous podcaster from the Basic Witches podcast, Leah Knauer. Leah is killing it right now. She's doing so much cool stuff. She's in a show here in LA. You can follow her. IG is Leah Knauer, which is K-N-A-U-E-R. And she's in a show. She's doing all sorts of amazing like Instagram content where she's giving out great advice. And she's got um, an inspirational deck that you can buy. Of tarot and, cards, right? Uh, it's, it's like... Um, an inspo tarot deck or is it a uh, pull, pull, pull some inspiration each day? Yeah, they're like pull, pull in some inspo each day from um, this deck if you just like need a little... Um, word of sort of like support something to bolster you something to make you think about your day in a different way and um, i'd rather do i'd rather pull from leah's deck at the beginning of every morning instead of check my fucking email yeah don't read twitter just pull one of leah's cards it's gonna tell you you're beautiful and you're loved (laughs) uh yeah so leah she's in this show that looks amazing right now you know, it's all on her IG. I just want to shout her out because she's a really special, beautiful, inspirational human. We just had a great time with Leah and Rachel from Basic Witches on their uh, IG Live for 420. She painted a picture of Bobo for me that I have that I look at every day. He's wearing a pirate pouch in it. All around great human. Give her a follow. Leah Knauer. I hope I spelled it right. K-N-A-U-E-R. Yep. Leah Knauer. Awesome. My butt of the week this week is Taylor Murphy at Taylor Murph 2, which is T A Y. L-O-R, Murph is M-R-P-H-2, Taylor Murphy, Taylor Murph 2, who wrote to you in the DMs because of our uh, gift horse talk. That's right. Was that on the sesh on our Patreon or was that on uh, a recent episode? I can't remember anymore. I can't remember where anything was, but we did have a rollicking good conversation about what exactly a gift horse was and Taylor let us know. Taylor tuned in and actually said uh, to be... Uh, uh, the phrase "Don't look a gift horse" comes from when you can when you used to check a horse's health by checking its mouth, and if you check the mouth of one gifted to you, it says you don't trust the person who gave you that gift to give you something good. So it's like don't try and find fault in something that has been given to you. 
Yes. So such great advice. Yeah. Such cool history. Such great manners. Too. Such great manners. Taylor, thank you. You're so cool. That's such... awesome. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't, don't say thank you and be like, actually. Actually. And it was so funny because I think our conversation, you were like, a gift horse is when you turn 16 and your parents put a bow on a horse and put it in the driveway for you. Yeah. And I was like, no, it's from Troy when they rolled it in through the gates and everyone was like, look, a giant horse. That's a gift. Turns out it's neither of those things. So thank you, Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Also... <laughs> Not gonna, not gonna look your gift of knowledge in the mouth. Definitely not. Not gonna question it. <laughs> not gonna question. But it's fun to like have those high musings and be like, "What is it actually?" And then have someone write in and tell you. Yeah. Next time it'd be cool if all of us are like in a smoke circle hanging out. Yeah. And uh, Taylor just comes through and hits us with like real fact, and everyone's like, "Yo, dang, that's Yo. awesome!" Yeah. Because uh, Taylor's bio on Twitter says, "Just a hippie soul living my best life." Nice. Real talk. That's the way to. That way to be. Sign me up. Yep. So thank you so much. And thank you so much for sharing knowledge that now I'm going to go and be like, oh, I know something cool because that's what it's all about. Yeah. And also thank you. I got to thank Elevate Accessories for the dugout that they sent. I got this maple dugout called the Colfax from Elevate. It's got weed and grub inscribed on it. It's got my Instagram handle on the side. It comes with a glass one hitter. It fits the perfect amount of weed. It works beautifully. I feel so cool with it in my pocket. It's the best. The dugout, for me, my favorite part of it, because I've been using it a lot. Yeah. It's something that I throw in my bag every single day. And because we're lucky enough to be able to walk around these streets and, you know, hit it when we want to hit it. Yep. Uh, The magnetic top and bottom of it. So I I fidget a lot and I need something in my hands quite a bit. And having a dugout that is magnetized so the top and bottom click together, I'm clicking it so much. I know when it's in my bag, it's not going to break apart and my um my everything is going to fall everywhere (laughs) inside my my bag. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a fun thing to have in my hands. And also I trust it as a product because it's so well made and so well thought through. Yeah. It's the greatest. And honestly, anything with my name on it, like the monogrammed aspect of like having a dugout with weed and grub on it and you and I each have one and then I can look at yours and know that it's yours because you're I don't know we've got our handles on weed and grub dugouts they're beautifully made so go to elevateaccessories.com the Colfax dugout is the one that we're talking about it's made of maple there's an assortment of dugouts on there they're so cool they also make the elevate bubbler that we were talking about a couple of shows ago and that we have on our IG they're just really cool absolutely check out their IG it is at elevate accessories and they if you just need a new glass pipe get a glass pipe from them like their stuff is well made and well thought out I'm repeating myself because I get excited (laughs) yeah it's very I think the thing that I love the most about it is that it's low-key so much uh so many smoking accessories can be very high key and this is just very low-key and chill (laughs) and i deeply appreciate that so thank you elevated accessories for our dugouts absolutely also when you said loki Mm -hmm. i was thinking about the impish god who Mm -hmm. fights against thor oh loki yeah i was like that'd be a cool pipe (laughs) you smoke out of that headdress a high-key loki a high-key loki pipe (laughs) how cool would that be be dope (laughs) do you want to get to our vib our very important bud how can we not i do we how do we give an intro to a human being who is so spectacular in every way has done so much for the cannabis community has given the world so much of themselves while uh, continuing to work really hard to change the world i'm i don't know how to say enough about how much i respect and am thrilled that he wanted to be on our podcast it's montel williams everyone i mean I, i montel williams was on tv when i was growing up 
and he has been an advocate for cannabis for the last 20 plus years and a very outspoken advocate and medical cannabis consumer. He's changing the game from the inside. He's got so much to say. He's got his own podcast. If you haven't checked that out, Mike was a guest recently. I was yes. a guest a while back. Let's be blunt. Yep. He's fascinating. He's so, um, he's just so interesting too. I love the way his mind works because he'll like be going in one direction then all of a sudden he'll just like take a hard right and tell you a crazy story that you definitely weren't expecting like he has some good stories in this interview absolutely yeah ah uh, let's get to it yep this was so fun mary jane it was so fun thank you so much montel for kicking it with us it, like come back anytime please yeah without further ado here's our interview with montel williams Hello, sir. Thank you so much for joining us, Montel. This is an absolute pleasure and honor. Oh, no. Right back at the two of you guys. Uh, congratulations on much all of your success. I feel like right now we're talking to you in such an interesting time in your life because, you know, we have known about you and your work for, for so long, for, for most of my life, for, for your, your whole career. And now we're talking to you as a, a cannabis advocate and entrepreneur what is what is your world like right now? Well, you know, I mean, when you say right now, you got to remember, I've been a cannabis activist for now 20 years. Long yeah. before this was Vogue, long before this was, you know, the Green Rush, you know, I was involved in literally almost every state that passed some form of legislation passed state number 13. So mm -hmm. way, way back in the day when it was not Vogue and literally a lot of Hollywood didn't support and a lot of people who now have jumped on board the bandwagon were literally naysayers 20 years ago. I'm talking, let's mm -hmm. go back to the year 2000. You've got to remember, you know, um, we've lived through the last 20 years of more incarceration than you can even imagine for cannabis. And so when I stepped out of the shadows, um, back then it was entirely different than it is today. Yet, in some ways, I feel like we're getting ready to go through another one of these, you know, it's like on the roller coaster. We were going on a real nice high for quite a long time, then COVID hit. COVID, though the cannabis industry has continued to rise, at the same time, I think there's been some pushback that we're not paying very close attention to that's getting ready to make this cannabis industry take a big dip. Wow, can you say more about that? Where are you seeing that come from? Well, I mean, I, 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 from my perspective, you know, though this last November, you know, we had an election that was a major boom for cannabis. You know, five brand new states with some new sort of new legislative bills are passing. You look at the states of New Jersey and all the big states that are literally now passing recreational, you know, uh, amendments to their constitution. That's, you would think, on the surface, tells us that we're headed in the right direction. But then you look at states like, you know, what is South Dakota? And several of the Midwestern states that are now suing and trying to pass legislation to override the, the or overrule the will of the public, of the constituency. That's scary to me. And I'm so sorry. You guys live in California, but, you know, I, last time I looked, California is still arresting people for yeah. minor cannabis offenses, which is ridiculous. And all over the nation, we're still seeing minor cannabis, you know, uh, arrest for just you know non-violent crimes it's ridiculous to me and and i don't understand why i don't understand why there's just not even a moratorium that the president tomorrow said here i'm putting a stamp moratorium no more cannabis arrests in america 
he claimed he was going to do something while he was running for office. If you remember, you know, it was it was part of their campaign, both he and Harris's campaign, that they were going to do something on cannabis in the first 100 days. Well, first 100 days is coming on. Haven't heard the word cannabis come out of their mouth. Except to fire people. Yeah, except, except to, to fire, fire people. their staffers. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's another one. Just to, to fire staffers who had previous cannabis use. Come on, man. So as much as we take a couple steps forward, it seems like we're taking steps backward. But then again, you look at a state like New York that just passed, you know, probably the most, I don't know what I want to call it, the most comprehensive, um, most legitimate to me, realistic cannabis, you know, uh, adult use law in the country. Yeah. And we haven't even started to feel the pushback from that. Do you have do you have faith? Do you think that this current administration will eventually put their money where their mouth was? I think they're full of crap. Yeah, I think they're full yeah. of crap. I think that I think uh, I've said this and I've been saying this for the last twenty years. It's going to take a Republican to do this, and the reason why it's going to take a Republican is because they look at the from a, from one standpoint, from the money standpoint. That's the reason why the hemp bill passed. Come on now, you know uh, McConnell uh, understood very clearly that he could help his boys and make sure he gets reelected in Kentucky. You know, the, the, the A equals B or A plus B equals C. That's the reason why it got passed. You know, it had nothing to do with his belief in hemp. It had nothing to do with to make sure he wanted to stay entrenched and keep his job so he can continue to make the millions that he's making. So it's going to take a Republican probably to do this. And, you know, hopefully we won't get a Republican the next time around. So it might be, what, six, seven, it could be eight, nine years before we see something happen, which is ridiculous. Especially when the will of the people have spoken. You've got people in this country, you know, where I, I, I've seen polls recently where they run in the high 80s. 80% plus believe in medical cannabis. 71 to 75% believe in adult use. Excuse me? From your standpoint as, as a, a titan in the entertainment industry, as a longtime cannabis advocate, as someone who has a long view of the political... Uh, you know, game behind legalizing cannabis. How do you feel about people like Martha Stewart or, you know, any of the th- other celebs coming online with it's, and getting into the cannabis game? Does it make you like? I, I throw can't up sometimes. How it feels. I throw up sometimes yeah. when I see some of these people yeah. who have jumped on board a space that, you know, ten years ago they would have stood in a in front of a group of people saying all oh, these potheads are really yeah with all the mouth. It's just like looking at the pharmaceutical industry right now, which is trying their damnedest to get in, buy up, and take over this industry because mm-hmm. they and so that they can figure out a way to lie and say that a synthesized product works better than something that God put on this planet. So it makes me sick to my stomach and I don't not pointing out individuals but you know there are those who have been around since day 1 people like Redman, people like Snoop, you know, Dre, lots of people who, you know, were out there and there are a lot of people who are still in prison today 20 years later in states where there are people who can run out and make money for selling more than they got busted for and got put away for life for. So, you know, I, 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 I hate to sound jaded, but, you know, I don't have a lot of faith in... I, in recent months, I've started to lose some faith in our entire system here, this place that we call America, because I think that we've... We've literally turned our backs on what we were founded on, and we continue to turn our backs even harder. 
And would you say that we were founded on um, helping each other, like the greater good, lifting each other? Like what? What? Where are we at now? I, I, I'm going to tell you that you know that is part of America has done a really good job of lying to the world, lying to the world about what we thought we were all about. Liberty and justice for all meant nothing about liberty and justice for all. Liberty and justice for all was written on a piece of paper at the same time that America, you know, uh, uh, perpetuated one of uh, the greatest genocides of, in history, which was the destruction of and the, the killing of indigenous people in North America. Yet there was liberty and justice for all? For all who? Liberty and justice for all when we saw every ethnicity of different European come to this country and be abused for hundreds of years, even to today? Liberty and justice for who? So, and you know, the idea that, that you know, that document in those papers ever meant anything for Africans, and now what we call African Americans, it, stop, you know, there was never, it was never meant to be a document that thought that mankind was created equal. This was a document that thought that only Anglo-Saxons were created equal and not all of them were equal to each other. So let's get that straight. So, you know, we perpetuated a lie for now a couple hundred years and now the lies come home to roost. And it's a matter of what we do with that lie now about whether or not this country exists for the next hundred years. I think we're teetering on a you know, this is one of those uh, seesaws, you know, we're, we're on the teeter point right now, whether we continue to move forward as a nation or, you know, we fall the way of the Roman Empire. What do you think the first thing is that the average citizen needs to do in order to encourage movement in the right direction? Give it, like just your ordinary person. Give a damn. Yeah. Get involved. Yeah, I don't, I don't even need you to get involved. Just give a damn. Mm-hmm. Just, just believe Believe that it took all of us to get here and it's going to take all of us to get out of here and try to do what you can do on your own individual basis to make the world better and your footprint better. You know, we talk about carbon footprints when it comes to global warming. You know, I think it's health and responsibility footprints, your own health care footprint. Look at your footprint. What can you do? You know what I mean? Uh, too often we're trying to tell other people what to do Look what you can do to make things better. If you have 10 friends of yours who are trying to make things worse, then try to convince one of those 10 to do things better. Was there a time before you had your own show when you didn't give a damn and something happened that made you? Or is this just who you have always been, man? You know, no, I'd say probably who I've always been at the 75% mark, not 100%. Well, it took, it took a project that I got involved in before I started the show where I was speaking around the country to kids who were less fortunate from poor neighborhoods and I really for had to stop and look in a mirror and really think about the privilege that I had in comparison to some other people and then try to do something to help uplift some of those lives. I mean, you know, three years before I started my talk show, from 88 until 91, I spoke all over America, uh, about 1,500 high schools across the country, 
to about a million and a half kids and parents and adults and people face to face. And I was back then speaking to kids about this will, this will throw a blow your mind. I was speaking to kids about staying in school, staying off of drugs, staying away from sex and dropping out and drugging out. And was one of the only people in the country that was doing it at that time. But because it had been so crazy looking at, you know, I'm a child of the, you know, I was born in the 50s, guys. I, I'm, I'm a little older than you. And, and, you know, I remember Jim Crow. I remember the 60s. I remember being spit at walking to school. I remember, you know, the riots of the latter 60s and the early 70s. I remember the hate in a nation you know, the only thing that really literally made us look to the right or left because of the hate that this nation had is is the Vietnam War, where we focused on something else for a little while until that went away, then we came back to hating people, then we went away, then we came back to hating people, and we go away, and we come back to hating people. Look, we looked away from hate during the, the Persian Gulf years. Now we're back to hating again. It's almost as if this country needs to have a war to remember that it takes all of us to defend this democracy, not just a few of us. And there's all of us wearing that uniform, protecting and serving the rest of us, the least of us who are putting it on that are working for the most of us. And, you know, until we get some sort of a grip, and I, you know, I, I hope and pray that we do, you know, I was talking to somebody who was very important to me a couple of days ago, and they were saying that they really fear this summer. Because if the summer's heat is like it's been in the last couple of years and we have a really, really ugly hot summer, this could be one of the most violent summers that we all recognize in our history. And and I hope and pray that they were wrong. I hope and pray that, that you know, we now say, you know, damn it, isn't it enough enough? It sounds like you're... What you're saying about, you know, it starts with personal accountability. Like, the only way to fix anything is to start with yourself and do your best. Absolutely. Right? You know, and, and, you know, I'm glad you said, and, and the weed industry needs to hold, be held accountable right now because we are consuming more energy than we necessarily need to. We've mm-hmm. turned this into some bourgeoisie bunch of bullshit where this is a weed that has been growing on the planet for now 5,000 years. Mm-hmm. Let the weed grow. Harvest the weed, pick up the weed, figure out a way to, if you want to process it a little bit, you can process it, but you don't have to process it, you know, to the tune of more water than ever used for any other crop being grown in the United States, more pesticides. Come on, man. Do you think that when, if we're able to uh, properly address some of the problems in the cannabis industry, that weed will be able to be a tool for good to change some of the problems that we see with systemic racism to combat climate change through the use of hemp as a renewable resource all that kind of stuff do you see weed as something that can save the world weed is what created the new world people don't even won't even give it credit for what it's already done you know if it was not for weed there would not be a united states of america if it wasn't for weed, there would not still be a European Union that now just folded, but there wouldn't have been one. Because you got to remember that back at the end of the 1500s and early 1600s, every sail, every rope that was manufactured in the world was made for ships, was made from hemp. All the clothing that our Revolutionary Army wore was made from hemp. All the clothing that sailors wore at sea, made from hemp. You know, people ate hemp seed porridges because back then mankind recognized that the hemp plant was one of the most protein-laden plants on the planet. 
You know, um, hemp is what built America. You know, every one of our forefathers grew hemp. Back in the turn of before the Revolutionary War, it was, you know, you, were, you weren't even considered a patriot unless you grew hemp. You know, when they, they scraped out Benjamin Franklin's pipe that was sitting on his desk at the Smithsonian Institute, they recognized that Homeboy wasn't sitting around smoking tobacco at night. Of course he wasn't. Because <laughs> times were tough back then, man. People need to have something that could take their mind off of the misery of the day. And they did it. So when you say, is it something that could change? Is it something that could actually change the earth tomorrow if we just got out of our... And remember... The reason why it has been illegal for 100 years has nothing to do with it being a drug. It had to do with the racist attitudes of separatism in this country. We made it, we vilified it in the world. It made the world sign on to a treaty at the UN that would no longer sell hemp around the world. We did that. Why? For racist reasons. We needed to have a new re-enslavement tool. We needed to have something that could justify enslaving every person of color that you could see walking down the street. And what I mean by enslaving, I meant by putting them in the new slave you know, houses, the prisons that were literally built all over the country to make sure that you could put away as many darkies as you could. And you know, so it's time that we recognize that if we started using hemp again and we started using this plant the right way, you're right, transformative. It's the only plant, I mean, well, not the only plant, it's a plant out there that even once it's dead still absorbs CO2. Wow, isn't that amazing? You can use it in bricks and build brick buildings and literally the buildings would be sequesterers of CO2. Wow, we can put it in fields and leach out all the heavy metals and all of the, the toxins that we've been flooding it with for the last hundred years. Wow. We can use it in clothing. We can use it. It, it goes on and on and on and on and on. I'm sorry, but if we made bricks out of hemp and they can do that with CO2, we, like, we could have buildings and cities that would almost like replicate the Amazon rainforest. Correct. And the that's Crazy. Correct. That's unbelievable. You could also do buildings in cities with living gardens on the outside of them. We don't need vines growing. Grow hemp along the outside of the building. And that hemp growing on the outside of the building would be an unbelievable insulator. And then it would also be have the ability to store CO2. And, and look, you don't have to do it on everybody's house. Come on, we got parking garages all over the country. You have outsides of bridges all over the country. You have structures that you could literally just line with hemp plants and start sequestering CO2 immediately. How did you, can you just tell us a little bit about your journey toward cannabis? Because I know you didn't grow up as a cannabis user and then well, you know, the, the military, right? I gotta, I'll tell you the truth. I was a cannabis user before I went in the military. I probably started smoking about 13 years old. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, I was introduced to it. I was a person who played in a, a band, a couple of bands when I was uh, young and, and musician. And um, uh, I literally was in one band where everybody in the band was over the age of 21. We played, and I was maybe, I was 13 at the time. And our band played in nightclubs. I used to not be allowed to walk in the front door of the nightclub. I had to go in the back door of the nightclub. Um, and I had to leave 
whenever we had a break. So when we had a break, I had to get off the stage and go out of the club because they were serving alcohol. And, you know, my band members would go out and jump in the van, and, you know, they were, you know, they'd go out, jump in the van, shut the door, and leave me standing outside because I was the youngest <laughs> person in the van. I was like, dude, come on now. No, nah, man, you can't. You know, you can't. And finally, one of my band members let me sit in his car, and he fired up a joint, and that's the first time I tried it. And I was like, well, excuse me. You know, I thought I had one of the best performances of my life that night. And then, um, you know, but I, I was kind of like a recreational user through school. I did more cannabis smoking than I did during drinking. But then I enlisted in the Marine Corps, and that brought that cannabis use to a quick halt, screeching halt, because you got tested. And I, I entered the service in the 70s where, you know, we hadn't started our huge push on the war on drugs yet. It was starting to begin around, you know, 76, 77, 78, while I was at the Naval Academy. And, um, you know, I went on to be tested for uh, drugs all the way until I got out of service. And like I told you, I started a program in 1988 when I got out of service. Well, I was on my leave time speaking to kids around the country, and I was trying to, to get kids to understand that they should stay away from the negative youth trends of the day. And um, I spoke all over the country about that. But then, you know, it's really, really strange around the same time that I started experiencing some symptoms of MS, not knowing that it was MS at the time, I recognized that, you know, there was a difference between, this is why I, I finally got out of the service, or I was in the reserves, I started, you know, my talk show in 91, started attending parties in California, and of course in California you go to a party, somebody's standing out in the backside, smoking light, lighting up, and I remember going out one day, one night, with a couple of people who had gone out back to, to hit and um, realized that, you know what, I feel a lot better doing this than I do drinking. And I started gravitating towards cannabis then, but not fully, until my diagnosis with MS. And leading up to that, I realized that I definitely felt 10 times better smoking than I did when I was drinking. So when I finally got diagnosed with MS, which was really officially 2000, um, you know, doctors put me on a course that, you know, back then and even to the day, most doctors' first weapon against pain, and especially neuropathic pain, was opioids. And so back then, you know, I almost became an opioid addict because when my initial symptoms of MS was extreme neuropathic pain. And um, I finally had a doctor, a friend of mine, uh, this, is, uh, this is early in 2000, who said to me, look, dude, I'm not, well, 2001, I'm not writing any more script for you for the opioids because your kidney's going to stop and you're going to have to literally lay off this stuff. And I was taking quite a bit. And um, he said, but I heard that, you know, this marijuana stuff works, especially for people who have the type of pain that you have seems to, to fare better with that. You ought to go figure it out, and I'll never tell anybody I told you this, is what the doctor said to me. And so I, back in 2001, started doing a little research on my own. I was hoping on that note that you could share the story of when you were caught with cannabis, and you were, I mean, you are, you're so famous, and you made the choice to have that press conference 
And it is just an incredible story. I'm hoping you don't mind sharing. Sure, no, but you know, when you, when you said what I was caught, I was going to ask you which time. Ha ha. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah, right. yeah, because you know, it's really very interesting. You know, I've been stopped three times, and once by International Interpol for carrying cannabis. I'll tell you that story too. But this was, I cannot remember which year I, I keep it through. I think it was 92. In 90, no, sorry, 2002. I was going through the airport in Detroit and I was passing through. I was uh, a connecting flight. And here's what was really weird. I had stopped. I had been in California for about maybe, you know, a week and a half. And, you know, I was literally, you know, dude, I was having my my own fair good time. And um in route the airport, I stopped at a glass blowing, or I saw a pipe shop, head shop, head to the airport, and it had some really great glass in the window. I said, stop the car, stop, got out, went inside, and I found this really just, still to today, I'm gonna have to get a glass blower to make me another one, but it was this really incredible pipe that was this, it was expensive. This thing was like 495 bucks. It was a glass egg about that big around. And when I say egg, it was shaped like an egg, a little fatter on one end, tapered off on this end. The tapered off end had a hole in it. In the fat part, they had a, a, a cut out like a bowl in it, divot about a, you know, about a half a finger deep. And on the other end of the egg, the opposite end from the, the small end, there was another little hole. That was your carburetor. And I will tell you, this thing was one of the most incredible smoking apparatus I have ever had in my life. Because literally, as you drew in, it literally caused the vortex because of the shape of the pile, the pipe inside, and you could watch it vortex right out the hole. It was always cool because it seemed like it cooled down a little bit by the time it got to you. Beautiful pipe. But anyway, so I, I bought it because I just didn't put anything in it. I wrapped it up in paper. It had a, still had the price tag on it. Put it in my carry-on bag because I didn't want it to break in my luggage. Jumped on a plane to fly through Detroit. Unbeknownst to me, <clears throat> in Detroit, state of Michigan had just passed a anti-paraphernalia law. So I get to the airport, get off the plane, get ready to go get on my connecting flight to get to New York. And I had a couple hours, and inside the terminal that I was at, there was no decent food. I asked the guy, so the food's outside in the outer part. You can go through, go through security and come back through. Cool. So I went out. Still got my tickets in my hand. Eight, coming back through TSA. Here's this overzealous, you know, <clears throat> troll who literally sees on the x-ray this object, pulls my bag aside. I'm like, what? Pulls my bag aside, opens it up, pulls up my, what's this? I said, what's it look like? It was an egg. It's not an egg. This looks like a pipe. I said, well, it, it is going to be a pipe, but it hasn't been a pipe yet because it hasn't been used. You have to stand in here. Next thing I know, she's calling the state police. Now, I'm standing over to the side. I'm like, what the hell are you pulling me aside for? And they, you know, There's people standing around because Montel one is being held over to the side by TSA. Here comes two state police officers, one, one with a dog. And they come over to me, and the cop comes up and says, Mr. Webb, I'm so sorry. So are you, are you 
did you just get here from Detroit? I said, no, I'm flying through, man. Here's my tickets. I just came in here from L.A. And when I got food and I was coming back through, he goes, they shouldn't have stopped you. I said, I know they shouldn't have stopped me. He said, well, we have a, we have a, a paraphernalia law, and this is, you know, drug paraphernalia. And unfortunately, or fortunately, unfortunately, you should not have been stopped. But since she stopped it and confiscated, we have to confiscate this, and I'm going to have to write you a ticket. I said, what? Because I'm going to have to write you a ticket because you technically do have paraphernalia, but I'm on federal property. I'm not on state property. I'm on the I'm in the airport. He said, you're right about that, but I still have to write you a ticket. I'm not going to arrest you, but I have to write you a ticket. So he writes me this ticket, kept my $495 pipe, Damn. I know. Damn. <laughs> and 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 uh, sent me on my merry way. And it was that Monday morning, you know, this was on a, I think it was on a Friday. And by Monday morning, every newspaper in the country, Martha Williams gets busted for pot in Detroit. I wasn't busted for a pot. It goes before the judge. The judge throws it out with prejudice. Throws it out with prejudice. And I should have also said the state police officer said I really wouldn't have stories. I wouldn't even have stopped you if you had cannabis on you. I know what you said, what you you've been talking about a little bit on your show. I know there's a medical reason why you're doing this. I'm, so I apologize. And the judge wrote an extensive thing about the fact that I should never have been stopped. But because all the newspapers across the country made it look as if I was carrying, you know, a couple of ounces of pot through the airport, I decided, you know, you're not going to you're not going to throw me under a bus like that. Hell no. So I went ahead and held a press conference that afternoon and said, let me stop you for a second. You know, all of you guys running around here wondering about people who use medical marijuana. Well, I'm one of them, and I'm going to do so for the rest of my damn life. And, you know, I could care less what you think about it. And, you know, as long as I don't have anything on me, you have no right to bust me. So you leave me alone. And I, I think that, you know, to be honest with you, in some ways it put a target on my back. But in other ways, it put a X across the target. Like, don't mess with him because yeah. he's about ready to call you out for your stupidity. And the judge made some statement about the fact that he had a family member that was using cannabis that had cancer. So that's really what opened up my outward advocacy because from that moment on, I didn't shut my mouth. I got tired of it and um, decided it was time to let let's step up and 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 speak some truth here. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, you know, you wouldn't have said nothing about me. And this is back in two thousand one. They wouldn't have said anything about. They didn't say anything about the fact that I had two hundred, you know, Tawin in my bag. They didn't say I had a hundred Percocets in my bag. They didn't say I had over 150 Vicodin in my bag. I had 500 pills in my bag that nobody said a word about. But you say something about a glass pipe that's never been used before. Are you kidding me? I dumped that. I remember, I, I'm, I'll, never, I'll never forget because I, I literally, you know, I forgot that I had all those pills in my bag to begin with. But I dumped them all that day. That was the day I said I'm never using again. I'm not using an opioid again. Because if they can bust me for this, they bust me for that. But I dumped them. Mm-hmm. And literally just concentrated on cannabis. And after that, I've been stopped a couple of other times. You know, um, I, got, I literally was, was going on a vacation with uh, my wife, and uh, we were headed to meet some friends in um, Dubrovnik. And I was flying through Germany. And I literally, this is just the case of the dumbass. I, a week <laughs> before... You know, I had this little container about that big 
that I just would always keep just a little bit of keef in, smashed down, so that if I was in a tight spot, I'd be able to just step out, tap a little bit on the end of a cigarette, go take a hit, and I'd be okay. And I literally, I took, remember, I, I, even before I left to go overseas, I took that bag apart, put it back together again, and I didn't see that little container. So in Germany, you go through security once, and when you come in on a connecting flight, you go through security again. So I was connecting through Germany to Dubrovnik, went through the, the security again, and you know, I had this Broomhilda uh, security, you know, TSA kind of person, you know, dug through my bag, found a little container, and went, what's this? And I'm like, <laughs> come on, man. I went, I didn't even know that was in my bag. And she called Interpol. Oh, and Jesus. I'm thinking, holy wow. moly, I'm about ready to go to the gulag. I'm headed to a jail, be tied against the wall, beaten. And literally, the Interpol, it was a woman and two guys. And the, the two guys were undercover in the airport. So they look like, you know, just crazy biker, traveler kind of guys. And when the woman walked up to me, I'll, I'll never forget this. The woman was walking up to me, and she's in her uniform. And the two guys beside her, again, look like something straight out of Hell's Angels. And they're walking up, and the one guy's got his phone out, and he's looking at me. And remember, the woman took some information. And he's looking on his phone, and three steps away from me, he grabs the woman by her arm and goes... Oh, sh- shows her the phone yeah. and the phone is clear I saw it, it was my picture on it and she's reading his phone she put it down and she came over because Mr. Williams I see you are uh, a cannabis uh, no she's a marijuana advocate in the United States we just passed a law here in Germany to allow for medical marijuana it doesn't start until December though so um, I'm going to give you this back, but you cannot smoke this in the airport. Please do not. And uh, you go on your way, and we're sorry we stopped you. I was like, what? Ooh. What? And, you know, what was, yeah. what was even funnier about that was that while I was going on, there was some asshole, you know, about 20 feet away from me taking a video of this. By the time I landed in Dubrovnik, they had already given it to T- to uh, TMZ. Ugh. Right. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Oh. Yeah, it was crazy. Wow. Yeah, that was one that stopped wow. my heart. My heart stopped on that one, boy, I'll tell you. Yeah. yeah. Interpol. Yeah. It's like a scene out of a James Bond you movie ain't kidding. or something. You ain't kidding. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and it was a scene because literally the woman looked like Brigitte Nielsen. You know what I mean? She was this tall, six-foot-tall, you know, Amazon-looking yep. blonde who's... Mr. Williams. Mr. Williams. I was like, <laughs> oh, no. We have to wrap up a bit. Oh, um, we've We've given you... Well, no, I, we want to respect your time. So, um, I mean, I could... If we want to talk forever, I would love to talk about <laughs> aliens. I would love to yes. talk about... Um, food. I mean, we've really just scratched the surface of hanging out with you, truly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, come back I, anytime. I wish we could have talked a little bit about food. I know you guys are really big on food. I was having a conversation <clears throat> today with someone because, you know, New York is really about to set it off. And, you know, uh, even though they have not put their administrative rules in place yet, the you know, the, the marketplace has already decided they're going to make the rules until you tell me it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of 
you know, a lot of food being served so far right now in New York. Lots of, you know, standalone events where people are going out and sample. And, you know, I, I've got a lot to talk about when it comes to foods, especially because I think, you know, in some ways, several of the people who have been pushing for cannabis-infused foods literally kind of in some ways missed the mark a little bit, especially when, you know, you have some of them, uh, you, you mentioned someone earlier, but, you know, people show, have these great cooking classes where they're showing you drop this in, stick it in the oven at 350 for the next 40 minutes. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Why would you do that? Why would you put a isolate oil in your food and cook off 25% of it? Why would you do that? Why not come up with ways to make drizzles that you can drizzle on your food once the temperature goes below about 109 degrees and then drizzle infuse the food rather than bake it into the food. It works. You know, we, we, we we're so used to the idea of baking brownies that we don't recognize those brownies are only probably 10% as strong as they could have been had you infused them after you baked them. Yes. Oh, like on top. Like yeah, you do, like, like little, we put icing on it where you can actually inject it in and let it soak overnight. Or, you know, the way your grandmother used to make your, you know, uh, fruitcake, you know. She used to make the cake, then she put it in a, in a container and she poured, you know, a whole bunch of rum on top of it or a, a sherry on top of it, put a lid on it, and let it sit there for a couple of days. That's yep. how you make that thing work the best. Not by sticking, <laughs> not by sticking it in the oven and baking off 90% of it. Yeah, yeah, a little drizzle of infused olive oil over top of that pizza margarita. Come on, Ooh. come on. Yes. You know, make yourself a mar- you know, olive oil, uh, mango, salsa, chutney. Put that okay. on top of that. Come on now. You know, go out and get <laughs> yes. yourself some asahi berries and smash it up and grind it up in there. And then, you know, put some lime juice on top of that. Put that over top of your fish. Come on. <laughs> Oh my God. It sounds like I, I just envisioned you having an entire like Newman's own style, but line of Montel Williams approved, fresh, beautiful condiments and drizzles and sauces that would go with anyone's pantry. It's from your yes. lips to God's ears. <laughs> yes. We have to have you back to talk more about that because that is so exciting. Absolutely. And like just to talk about like what you know what what we all want to get up to in the kitchen when we hang out in real life. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. You know, and again, you know, I'm all about I, I as much as I can be, I, I love to have a real good conversation about health in cooking. We know that sugars literally are, you know, the fuel for cancer. And we spend so much time in this industry infusing sugary treats with cannabinoids, claiming that it's a way to get medicine in the body. We don't need to do that. You know no. what I mean? And and it's just a matter of, of figuring out the way to make a taste profile that people accept, though, you know, we don't recognize in the United States that we have been slaves to the sugar industry for the last 50 years. I mean, they even put sugar in milk now. Come on. And cows didn't hate sugar, you know. So now, why all of a sudden we we sugaring up our milk? Stop, you know. So yeah, yeah. I remember judging a cannabis cup and doing the edibles, 
and I think there was like 14 or 15 and 12 of them the number one ingredient was corn syrup yeah mm-hmm. first thing and it was just like what am I I don't I don't even want to really judge this right to be honest there's nothing to judge no it's trash no and, and yeah. you're really not it, it's so what, what are you teaching me how to hide the flavor of something that tastes pretty good true that you know what I mean true I don't that. want to hide the yeah. flavor shit I, I want to know it's there come on now <laughs> Well, where can folks follow you to find out about all the things that you have going on with your upcoming um, uh, everything? Well, you know, and uh, just like you guys, I, I do have a podcast, which is, you know, uh, Let's Be Blunt with Montel, which you can get at all the podcast uh, outlets, um, MontelWilliams.com and MontelMedia.com. You can catch me. Amazing. Hopefully some come back and we can talk about some exciting things on the horizon please. sure let's do it you know we'll set it up we'll set up a time and chop it up again okay that would Love be amazing Love absolutely it up. yes um you can follow us at weed and grub on instagram you can email us wg at weed and uh please leave us a five-star review on our podcast please leave montel a five-star <laughs> review on his podcast Thank you. uh bump us up in the algorithm so everybody can learn more grow more and uh, have a really great time doing it so you guys stay well stay safe love your family and uh, we'll hook up soon thank you so much Montel absolutely bye bye everyone Bye bye